Welcome to Much More Muchier with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Odd Imagination production. Guys, I am here with Lila Fitzgerald. She plays Gulia in the Monster High movies. The second movie will be out sometime this year, so keep your eyes peeled. You also play Ava on the TV show Lucky Hank. But what I really want to hear about is this new book. What's going on? What's what's it all about? It's very exciting for me. Um, It's a young adult sci-fi fantasy novel um, set in a futuristic world where Earth has shattered into islands floating between the stars. So ships sail across the galaxy like right now we sail across the ocean. Um, And it features an average girl, Anya Marcox, as she travels in class two aboard a luxury cruise airship and ends up in the middle of a plot to find a relic that could change the fate of the islands and also deals with mental health in a fantasy world. That sounds so good. It, the island part reminds me, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a book and I think it was called Perilandra. It was one of a uh, trilogy. Sorry, my dog barked, I apologize. And it was like that, it was different types of islands, but you've also got this, I hope it's not Titanic-like, but the, the cruiser, the space cruiser that you're talking about with the different classes. How does it, how does it address the mental health So without me even realizing, I wrote my OCD into the book in the magic. Um, You know, I don't want to give away too much, but it really warmed its way in, especially in the ending. And there's this ever-present yes or no question in Anya's head as she's um, having these dreams fueled by the stars and magic. She keeps hearing yes or no that's haunting her. And that's, you know, a magical creation of OCD checking because with OCD, it's it's very misunderstood. But a big thing with it is that you need a definite answer. And so you're constantly checking, like, is this right? Is this correct? Did I mess up? And you're obsessing over it and you can't get over it. So that's one aspect. And just with all of it, the whispers in the head and the monsters that speak in her mind, one, one of the lines is, there's a monster in my mind. And that's how it feels to struggle with OCD. Um, I know from personal experience and um, with other mental health issues, I'm sure it also feels similar. Um, and so to be able to turn my own issues into this tangible creation in my book that can be slain and can be dealt with and handled with you know a sword and shield, it I think helped me in real life have it be something I can control and something I can fight back against and something I'm not constantly bogged down by. And so hopefully having it in this fantastical setting can help other girls feel that way. Right. So it acted as, as a type of therapy for you, actually kind of the catharsis of like getting it out and say, and having, like you said, this tangible thing that you can look at and go, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. That's so cool. And you're, you're right about the OCD and the this or that, black and white, yes or no. I've only had a small taste of it, but it was enough to drive me. And I hate using the word crazy, but crazy in my head because there's those intrusive thoughts. There's doubting yourself so bad that you will turn around and drive back home to make sure you didn't leave the water run. You know, you it's like you argue with yourself. To me, this is my personal. You mm-hmm. argue head with yourself. You're like it's off. It's off. I know it's freaking off. It's like, are you sure? Cause we're going to turn around and we're going to go check. It's it's, it makes you just, and, and to have it more, you know, I don't know how to say it to have a more intense version of it. 
I can't imagine. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really hard because people think it's just having, you know, your pens color coded and they don't realize it's that obsessive thoughts. Like you said about turning the water off and anything, you cannot get over it for regular people. They have a thought, they have a worry and it just passes through their head like clouds passing across the sun and the sun comes out and they're fine. But when you have OCD, you cannot get over that and you are stuck on it and you are obsessed with it. you know, the obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, And really dealing with it and feeling like there's, you know, a rational part of your brain and then the OCD part of your brain, it can feel like you're warring with yourself. Absolutely. And you're right. Normal, not normal, but people that don't have these issues, they'll think, did I leave the iron plugged in? Well, let me go check. Oh, it's off. Okay, cool. I'm going to go on vacation, you know? And, <laughs> and we're like, we're looking at it. We're looking at the plug. It's unplugged and we're going, but is it? But maybe I should plug it back in and then unplug it again, you know? Exactly. Just, oh, you so I remember I took it out. Yeah, exactly. I need to see myself doing it. And even then I might still check again because it's, <laughs> such a like you said the obsession the drive to do it yes and I love that you wrote this YA book because our younger generation they need to know that it's okay that these things happen you know and it's okay to seek help for it you're not you're not some nut job because you're arguing with yourself in your mind it's okay exactly and I, I really feel that we have, you know, one of the best books I've ever read um, about OCD is Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Absolutely love it. So first book I read that really portrayed my own mind. And that was the moment when I thought, oh, I wish they had this in fantasy because I'm a fantasy nerd. Mm. When I read, I mainly read for escapism. You know, if for the most part, if I want to read a book about a girl living with OCD, I'm just going to live my life. <laughs> um So I read fantasy. I like to escape from the world. I like dragons. I like magic. I like royalty. I like ball gowns. So when I'm looking for books in the fantasy genre that talk about mental health and have that, but it's also, you know, dragons and magic, I wasn't finding any. There was nothing I could see that dealt with these issues I feel daily in my brain, but in a fantasy world where I can escape from it and conquer it in, you know, a magical format. And so luckily for me and for anyone else who's looking for that, I've now written it. There you go. And I'm sorry, what's it called? It's called Stars and Swashbucklers. It's releasing April 4th. Oh, that's awesome. And it'll be av- available um, like on a di- uh, digital platform and in like paperback, hardback? Yeah. So it's coming out in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. You can order it on Amazon. Um, you can also order it through Barnes and Noble, really anywhere you get books, it's available. Also ask libraries to get it in. I'm a lover of the library. I read books way too fast to buy all of them. So I'm a huge library fan. Absolutely. And I'm in Florida and our libraries are not to get off on another subject, but our libraries and our school libraries are under attack. So I love the idea of walking into a library and saying, hey, this is an incredible book. It's got a great message, but it's also freaking entertaining. You need to have it on your shelf. You need to have five of them on your shelf, right? Fingers crossed. (laughs) 
but yeah, but libraries are so important. Free information is, you know, so, so there's nothing more important in our society, really. And you mentioned turtles all the way down. That was probably my first, like I knew what OCD was. It was like, oh, they got to turn the light switch on 10 times. They have to do it. You know, just what we saw in like television or films, which is always over, you know, dramatic and not quite honest, right? It's just the, the portrayal or the perception. So turtles all the way down, when she was eating the hand sanitizer, I was like, whoa whoa, this is intense. And he wrote it in such a way, you felt like you were her. You felt like every need that she had. I think there was something about like picking her nails and things like that. And it was like, I can't imagine feeling like this, but I mean, I can, cause I'm reading and I'm feeling what she, but I can't imagine doing it all the time. So I think that's, I think it's really cool that people can write like you, like him in such a way that people can read it and feel that that empathy and that sameness and maybe come out of it with a better understanding of it. I think that's really cool. Exactly. Because for me, reading that book, it made me feel seen. Mm -hmm. I could relate to this character on a level that I hadn't related to other fictional characters because they didn't have the same brain as me. Right. Well, there's a whole thing right now about like, um, what is it? Uh, Neurodiverse or neurodivergent. And my son has autism and I'm learning so much from people that are speaking out from that point of view, from that space. And it's like, wow, I guess, yes, we all have our own personal experiences with things, with things, but it was kind of cool to see and hear people, their own spaces and actually start to realize that, oh, I think I might be in that space too, <laughs> because a lot of what you're saying is, you know, ringing true with me. So I think yeah. it's really, it's really, really important to like, to talk about this and write it in a fantasy way, you know, spaceships, <laughs> you know, exploration, traveling. And that's something I feel like maybe people that are in situations and mental health situations, they feel hopelessness about it. Like I'll never get to, and it's like, no, 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 look, look at this girl. Look what she's doing. Yeah. And, you know, for me, so often OCD feels like it holds me back and like I'm not as capable as I wish I was. But if I didn't have OCD, I wouldn't have managed to write a novel. Um, right. It became almost, you know, escaping into this world for me was an OCD thing. And so then I wrote a book that I'm incredibly proud of and wrote a book about a girl who definitely has some magical form of OCD, but that that makes her stronger. It's not, it doesn't hold her back. It gives her powers and it makes her notice things. And it's important for everyone to get a chance to speak on their own things that they're dealing with. So, you know, I have OCD, so I'm able to talk about OCD and my OCD and how it manifests for me because it's different for everyone. And it's so, so important. And I'm so glad that people are talking about this now, not to, you know, go on and on and on about it and get just an influx of information that isn't actually reliable because I don't have any like PhDs in this, but I, you know, have dealt with it on a daily basis. And there's a secrecy around it, around mental health. Even though we are talking about it more now, there's still this, you know, 
need to be brave about it and need to be like, I have OCD, but I'm totally fine. It's like, no, I'm not always fine, but sometimes I am. And that's okay. And who I am wholly as a person, I'm proud of, even if, you know, I'm not always at my best and that it's okay to talk about mental health and to talk about struggling with mental health, but also not that not making you a victim and less of a person, you know? Right. And it's not your complete, you know, that's not what defines you. It's not your complete, you know, definition, description. It's, it's a part of you. It's part of me. It's part of them, but it's not all of us. Right. It's like, yeah, that's it. Exactly. (laughs) The world needs way more kindness. In my opinion, I think, you know, everyone says be kind, but especially with social media, um, it's so, so damaging for people's self-esteem. And I'm, you know, as a teen, I'm very, very um, involved in, you know, helping teen mental health. That's where I see most of my purpose with my writing um, because it's so hard. And then you add in social media and cyberbullying and people acting like cyberbullying is totally okay if you're doing it in the TikTok comment section because it, you're just being funny. You're just teasing and people need to have a thick skin. And that's, words yeah. are painful. I I find myself very fortunate to not have been a teenager in like a social media age because people were hateful enough in real life. I think, (laughs) like no joke, I think I would have, it would have damaged me, I think. Because some of it, as an adult, as a grown woman, I'm like seeing comments and I'm going, who do you think you are that you can say such things to a stranger? And forget stranger, they say it to family and friends too. But it's like, what do you call them? uh, Keyboard warriors or whatever. It's like, who do you think you are? And social media has done that, like you said, to, to get in a comment section or, you know, to retweet something. And it's like, I'm glad for the information age that we're in, but also scared and sad for it. <laughs> There's it, the accessibility that exists in our world right now is really good. However, the accessibility to hate on people is definitely a downfall. For real. With that said, can people follow you on social? No, just kidding. <laughs> I am on there. <laughs> Don't get on there and say mean stuff because I will hunt you down and I'll find you. <laughs> I think you're people. People will put a bumper sticker on their car, uh, on their car, like "Be kind, kindness rules, be the change you want to see." And it's like I need you to. I need more than that because that's that's an effort but it's not the biggest effort that you could possibly give you know let somebody go in front of you at the grocery store if they have two things and you have 20 what does it hurt you five extra minutes that's (laughs) the thing for me that's you know mind-boggling is it's very very easy to be nice and to just not cause harm to others and not be mean and if you see something that you're like oh that looks ugly just check in with yourself. Why is that your first response? Why, why are you in, you know, this negative headspace that you're hating on people who are just existing? Um, Obviously, you know, when people are spreading hate, you need to counteract that. But when it's just someone enjoying their life and you're getting in a comment section and saying, you know, you're awful, stop doing this, delete your account. (laughs) Yeah. Kill yourself. You know, scroll just, it's so easy to not, you 
watch things that don't entertain you. If it's for entertainment value and you're not entertained, change the channel, scroll to the next video, you know, maybe go for a nice walk in the park. I have to clarify that I wasn't shouting kill yourself to like anybody in general, but people <laughs> actually say that in comments or they'll, what is it, KYS? It's like, stop telling people to harm themselves. You're in like Cincinnati, Ohio. You don't know anything about this person. You just don't like the content or you don't like what they said or what they did. And you're right. You see someone wearing something to you that is strange or ugly. It costs you nothing to be quiet. Who are you to say anything about anybody else that I get in so many fights about that because it's like um, if they're trans or if they're queer or whatever, it costs you nothing to be quiet and mind your own business. Who gave everybody permission to say whatever the heck they want? I'm like, I don't get it. It doesn't affect me. They're not coming to me and putting their clothes on me. You know, they're not attacking me with their shirt that I don't like. It's like, it costs you nothing to be kind, to be nice. Yeah. And honestly, it's easier to be nice because, you know, if you're mean to someone, you have to live with yourself after that. You've got to deal with the sick feeling in your stomach of knowing you just made someone's life a little bit worse. Or they're tougher than you and they came back harder. So <laughs> There's also that. <laughs> yeah. And I think really what's, you know, the work, which is so much easier said than done, is remembering that when people say hateful things, it reflects more on them than it does on you. It means they're going through something really awful, or maybe they just are really awful. And it would be better to be a kind person who is receiving hate from people than to be someone who's hating on others. Right. I feel like it takes, like you said, a lot more energy to be nasty. I don't think that there's a whole bunch. I think there are truly evil people in the world. Absolutely. But I don't think there's so many of them. I mean, there's that saying hurt people hurt people, which I have some issues with because I don't like when it's used as an excuse. And then it's like, oh, they don't have to take accountability because they were hurting. Um, however, it is a really good explanation to hold within ourselves when people are being hurtful, that they are probably hurting. See, and that's the thing. It's like abuse people, abuse people. How much of it is actual, you know, generational hand-me-downs of, you know, the hate cycle or the abuse cycle and how much of it is, you know, on the inside? Yeah. I don't know. Well, more joyful news. You have, <laughs> you've got Monster High 2 coming out this year. Your book will be available everywhere. You can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or come on guys, in stores and libraries. And that'll be in April. And you're on TV. What I, I want to ask what's up next, but my God, you sound busy. <laughs> I mean, right now I'm fully in book world. Um, I'm, you know, working on book two, even as I'm gearing up for the release of book one. Um, book two is mostly finished, but of course I'm still doing all my little final tweaks because I'm a perfectionist. I ask how that, how the OCD affected editing. Many, many drafts and yeah. many, many times just reading it over with like my eyes as wide as soft as just being like, oh, no, I need to change this word just slightly. <laughs> right. Do you, are you able to tell yourself that's it, that's enough? Or do you need someone to step in and go, Lila? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I did a lot of edits, especially a lot of like proofread edits. 
And then finally I was like, I think I caught everything, but should I read it once more? And my mom was like, nope, Lila, you've read this book a hundred times. You're good. It's fine. You're done. You have it memorized. I do. I can just recite pieces of it. And so that's when I also kind of checked in with myself and thought, you know what? I think I can take a step back. <laughs> and God forbid, again, with, with OCD or any type of like anxious um, perfectionist syndrome, it's like you, you're like, hey, can you read this and tell me what you think? And then they tell you what they, what they think. And you're like, oh, well, that's completely wrong. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew that they're like this section here should uh you know this should be taken out and I was like no it shouldn't (laughs) it's like what do you know even though I asked you to tell me I mean I always have there's a lot of um I have it's going to be a seven book series and so (laughs) I have all seven books planned and there's a lot of secrets that come to light in you know book six that I'm already setting up in book one and so a few times my, you know, when my mom first read it, she was like, oh, what's this here for? And I was like, oh, no, no, we need that. I know it seems a little bit useless right now, but that's really important. No, but that when you're doing like a series of books, that is so important to, I mean, not to compare it to like the Marvel movies, but in like, you know, the fifth film, fourth film, you'll go, oh my God, they're correlating that back to what happened here. Also in The Walking Dead there was something in like, I don't know, the ninth or 10th season. And you're like, oh my God, that's mirroring. Some-. So in a book, Stephen King is really good at it as well. You'll be like, on the third book and go, oh, he mentioned that two books ago. And it's as a reader, I love that you're doing that because it's, it's like finding little treasures. It's like, oh, I remember. Yes. That's what that means. Yes. It's my favorite thing as a reader, especially going back and rereading a series and being like, wait, that's setting up for this thing that happens in book six that I didn't even remember when I was reading book six. But now that I'm reading it again, I realize this has been in the works the entire time. And it's also, it's um, kind of like a grab to get, like you said, to, to reread it. Because you'll be going, wait a minute, Celia said, wait a minute. Oh, now I got to read it again. So it's like, like this repetition of enjoyment and like finding that's amazing so do you have are you thinking to like do one a year or are you gonna release book two this year I mean goal wise I would love to get book two out within six months ish just to really keep the hype going since I'm a new author and you know still building my fan base I definitely want to keep giving them stuff to go off of so I don't fade into oblivion um but I obviously also want it to be very, very good. So if it doesn't seem like it's ready yet, I would probably push it a little bit. But it is, um, book one was originally about 700-ish pages. And that's not marketable as a YA debut novel. And I realized I actually had two books in there. So I was able to kind of cut it in half. And now I'm publishing book one. And just with all the edits that happen, now I have to edit book two to make it cohesive as one book instead of half of a book. Well, it sounds like it's the type of book that a reader is going to finish it and go, where's the next one? Keeping it shorter, keeping them ready and waiting for the next one, but not making them wait forever because I'll forget. Me too. (laughs) I'll forget. I'll be like, oh, and I do it with TV shows too. I'm like, oh God, The Handmaid's Tale. You know, it's like, if it's too long, they'll forget. And you don't want that. Like you said, you're just generating your fan base. 
and you know getting that interest up and it sounds like such an amazing story I'm stoked for it I will be buying it in April I, will, I don't know if I'm going to do digital or paperback because I love the small books too same <laughs> I'm excited for you. I think this is going to be cool. Is there like, do you have a website for the book or for you? I do. I have, um, it's linked in my Instagram. My Instagram is just Lila Fitzgerald, my name. Um, but my Instagram is, my website is just lilafitzgerald.myportfolio.com. Um, it has the pre-order link for my book and it has some excerpts of press where I've spoken about the book. Um, so I'm just kind of adding to that as I go so people can get a slight idea of what it's about thematically before they commit to pre-ordering. And that's Lila with an H for anybody who's wondering. Lila yes. Will you come back and talk to me again about the second book? That would be cool. Absolutely. I would love to. And like we said, Monster High, we can't say too much. Monster High 2 will be out sometime this year. And you are Gulia. She's only my second favorite character, just FYI. Who's your I love favorite? Frankie. Oh, I've been a Frankenstein fan since I was a little girl. So I do love Frankie. I will say that I get that. <laughs> I mean, it could be like, it's like, of course you love Frankie. No, you don't understand. I have had this love affair with Frankenstein oh. monster since I was a kid. So yeah. oh. it's pretty freaking ghoul as well. <laughs> I sure think so. <laughs> yes. Well, you have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And have a good night and rest of your week. <laughs> yeah, you too. Bye, Lila. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit oddimagination.org, A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org.